This is a 38 Medicine production. Well, I would like to welcome everybody to the latest episode of So That's What We're Doing. I'm Leah Henry. And uh, if you are a listener of our podcast, you know that this is usually co-hosted with my friend Candace Dillard Bassett. But today, um, I'm sure if you don't know or there's a reason you are here, you probably know that there's something that I wanted to address. And it doesn't have anything to do with Candace, so I felt like it was important for me to talk about this. But this was the platform. I wanted to do it. I didn't want constraints. Um, I didn't want live comments. I didn't want um, a bunch of clouded energy for me to express what has taken place so again I want to uh, shout out to everybody who listens to so that's what we're doing uh, regularly without the controversy and if you are here and you are new go listen to some old episodes we actually have fun it's not a, a surviving R. Kelly special usually so make sure you listen um, but again I'm Leah Henry and I wanted to talk today about the Stevie J situation that happened over the weekend um, if you do not know what happened you can go on my social media at Leah A. Henry to see the video but long story short um, I think it was very apparent that Stevie J was doing some extracurricular activities while I was doing my interview. And, you know, I think there's a lot of factors that people don't understand, a lot of things that took place that kind of led to the video. And everyone had an opinion about it, but they weren't too sure about what took place. And so I wanted to just come on my own platform and honestly explain what took place because I... I was overwhelmed. I'll be honest. I was overwhelmed. I didn't think that when I posted this interview, the way that the, the narrative spinned on me or it being somehow my fault of his actions turned on me would be a conclusion of where this went. So I just felt the need to kind of tell everybody my truth, which in fact is the truth. I, you know, um, they always say there's multiple sides of a story, you know, her truth, his truth, and the truth. But to be honest, this is where I sit with what I did and I stand on what happened. So let me kind of take you through the story um, that day. So that was um, on a Friday. He has an uncensored special that aired on TV One. And I was asked by PR to interview him for it. There was a press schedule. Um, there was multiple outlets that he was talking to that day. And so um, from what I understand, most of them were phoners. But I had asked for a visual interview because I like to connect with who I'm talking to. So I had asked. And um, it was scheduled for around 1250 um, standard. You, you set it up. You in the zoom link and everything was good to go so the day of at 12 50 i sign on to my zoom and the pr person meets me and says hey listen something happened in the previous interview with stevie um he's gonna need a minute i said okay um well with that being said is there anything that i shouldn't ask and after my infamous matthew knowles incident i always ask what i shouldn't ask because i still think that you can do a good interview without making people feel uncomfortable so you know they said hey listen it was, it was about Faith Evans, and, you know, you can ask, but if he pushes back, relax on it. I said, no problem. I don't even plan to even ask him anything as it pertains to her until the end. So we'll get through a whole good interview about the Uncensored special before we get to this space. And so um, it hit about, uh, you know, maybe five, seven minutes after the start time was initially supposed to go through, and uh, the PR called him, and he was, you know, like, I'm coming, I'm coming. And so she was like, can we do 1 o'clock? He, you know, says, yeah, sure, hangs up the phone. 
So we sit there till about one o'clock and I'm on Zoom. I usually don't do most of my interviews on Zoom because I don't have the unlimited Zoom. So I was, I would, you know, at a certain point I started to kind of look at the clock like, okay, if, if he's not going to be here by said time, I'm just going to, you know, make a new link, which here's the thing about artists. You know, if you don't make it as easy as you can for them, the likelihood of them doing something goes down drastically. Okay. He obviously already had a hard interview pre prior to me. So I wasn't trying to get to the point where we had to send him another link. He get confused and him not show up. So, you know, uh, the PR person calls again. He doesn't answer. So I said, hey, listen, if he needs a moment, I got until two o'clock. We can, you know, we can wait a second, give him a little time. Um, and so... The person was like, let's just wait and see, you know, what happens. So we wait maybe another five minutes, uh, calls again, he answers. He was like, I'm about to get on the link. And I said, okay, well, tell him, just just go, because I created a new uh, Zoom link. She was like, let, hey, let's do it on the other one. He hangs up and jumps on the Zoom. So I'm like, don't worry about it. So at this point, in my mind, as a journalist, Leah, you have a limited amount of time. You have a small window because honestly you're going to run out of time because this Zoom is timed and you don't have unlimited. So you need to get in here, make this man feel comfortable so then you can ask him the questions that you really want to ask him. So, um, you know, he hops on the Zoom immediately. Obviously, I see that his shirt is off. Obviously, I see that he is in his bed. Um, but here's my thing. You're on a press tour. If you coming to the press tour shirtless and in your bed is how you want to put your best foot forward for a television special that's promoting your life story, that's on you. That has nothing to do with me. That didn't immediately make me uncomfortable, I'll be honest. I just kind of thought, it's, it's, it's Stevie J. He is always known for being scandalous and being out there and doing him. So I didn't take any offense to him being shirtless and or in his bed. Um, now, before we even started to record, Stevie was talking to somebody in the background. So it was very clear from the beginning that he was distracted by whoever was in the room with him. Again, in my mind, I get into a zone. I, I would compare me doing interviews similar to how a professional basketball player is at the free throw line, but the whole stadium is booing. You have to have a certain level of concentration to do your craft at a high level. And so for me, the people in the background, him being in the bed, him being shirtless was not the point. It was, Leah, get the questions that you need to get answered because your Zoom's going to start ticking down and then you're just going to lose them. You're going to, this will be a missed opportunity for you. And I think one thing I want to make very clear that I think people don't realize, I take my job so serious. If you watched any of my interviews, you know that I... I take hours upon hours to research each person that I talk to. And so it's important to me not to waste my time because if Stevie J decided to not answer the phone, that was hours of my time that I don't get back. I don't get compensated for. I was sitting there preparing for my interview. So for me, when he got on the Zoom, it wasn't about what was going on in the background. It was about that moment. It was about what I needed to do to get the interview done and not waste all of our times. So, again, when he got on, I asked, hey, Stevie, are you ready to record? I think that's a very important part to add to this. I asked for his consent to record before we started this. He knew he was being recorded. He knew that this was an interview. I asked him to record. He said he was ready. I clicked record, and Stevie, obviously, as you can see, still continued to kind of move around and shift around and talk to the people in, you know, his background. But, again, I'm, I'm not worried about that. I just need you to concentrate on what I'm asking, and we can move forward. So, obviously, um, we start to do the interview. And the whole time we did the interview, he was talking or focused on things in the background. But again, in my mind, it was important for me to make sure that I got through the list of questions that I had. So as the time goes on, um, 
you know, he made a comment that obviously as I watched the video back um, was in insinuating that he wanted the young lady to come over and do what she was doing to him during the video. And I didn't hear that. If you watch the if you watch the video back, I was in the middle of the question um, as he was getting ready to ask her. So, like, again, I didn't even hear what he said. Honestly, if you watch it, you probably would miss it. I know a lot of people who watched it the first time who didn't even hear it. I didn't hear it, to be 100% honest with you. So until I saw the young lady's hand next to him, and, and you see in the interview I said, Stevie, is that a hand? Um, I had no idea, honestly, the nature of what was taking place. But again, I still wasn't 100% privy. And of course, like I said, there was so much going on in his background anyway. Any external noises, I wasn't focused on. I wanted him to answer the questions because the reality of it is, is as disgusting as what he did to me was, his uncensored was really, really good. And I feel like my job is to tell stories. My job is to let people's voices be heard, no matter what their past are, no matter what what, um, you know, what conceptions we have of them, that, that is my job. As a journalist at your core, you're a storyteller. Whether I'm in Ukraine talking about the war or whether I'm talking to Stevie J about how his mom wasn't in his life and that's why he's a womanizer. It doesn't matter, it's all about the storytelling nature of what it was. And so for me in that moment, after watching his Uncensored, I felt like I learned so much about who he was. And so I wanted to share that with the audience because I felt like if people got to see just a glimpse of what I saw in that video, then maybe their opinions would change about who he was so anyway obviously we get to the part where he stands up and he goes to the bathroom and that's where it's very clear he doesn't have any clothes on so that was a moment where I I started to kind of connect the dots in my head now keep in mind that's probably three-fourths of the way through the interview really almost towards the end honestly and you know I asked him to to put clothes on when speaking to me um and and that was the moment where I was like okay this this is left this is something different I was not I wasn't ready for what what we're experiencing um and then we get to the end where I tried to again my mind of keeping this light and fun was because I was hoping that regardless of his state he was going to answer some of my questions if you watch the interview you realize the whole time I was asking intentful questions there was never a moment where I was really trying to you know follow along if anything I was more reactive to the way he was acting um and then obviously a very big moment of this interview is when I was called a slut and that obviously was you, you saw my demeanor change in the interview um, because for me, that's when the jokes were over. Um, but again, I was trying to get something out of the interview. You don't spend hours preparing for something to get a half-ass interview. And obviously he was answering my questions very half-assed. Obviously he was preoccupied with what was going on in the background. Um, but for me, it was about getting the best interview out of what I got. Um, so that that's kind of what happened and you know uh once he did the call disconnected he hung up um and you know me and the the PR person we both understood at the time that that was crazy and wild I mean I knew that once this video was going to be posted that it was probably going to be a viral interview just because of his behavior just because of the girl's hand I mean I obviously knew that probably most likely was not his wife and so I already knew that it had viral elements to the video um but in that moment I did not feel disrespected now obviously him calling me a slut um is disrespect correct but obviously like I I checked it so in my mind I said what I needed to say and that's where I was with the situation 
Um, of course, it got instantly picked up um, as soon as it was posted. And that is where kind of this, uh, I, I don't even know what to call it, I guess this downhill slope of like negativity created. And here's the thing about me, I've gone viral before. Um, last year I went viral again with Matthew Knowles and I had a lot of criticism on whether the question I asked him was dumb or not. And I can take someone questioning whether a question I ask is dumb. But I think for me where it really emotionally messes with me with this one particularly is because this was very sexual um, and people are are trying to call my character into question. And that's where I have an issue because, um, you know, people said, well, he's not wearing a shirt. If you're so professional, then why didn't you make him wear a shirt again? If you show up to your own press tour for your own content, wanting to be not in a shirt and in a bed, that's on you. If you answer my questions, I don't really care what you wear, as long as you're not naked, which, again, he was, but I wouldn't have known that until the very end of the interview. So there's just a lot of misconceptions. And another thing that, um, you know, was called into question that I really want to clear up was about the ending. It cut off uh, abruptly because he hung up, and I made a video where I said, hey, listen, you know what? That was crazy, but go check out his uncensored TV One special. Um, so if you don't know, I'm a radio personality in DC. Um, TV one is under the cluster of my parent company, radio one. And, um, you know, I have a responsibility to do what's in the best interest of everyone, including myself, my employment, my employers. And so, you know, for me, I didn't want the situation to look like I was sabotaging my company's product. Because at the end of the day, regardless of Stevie's lewd behavior, it was really a great uncensored, like, and I mean, you may say I'm crazy for saying that, but I felt like it really showed him in a different light. And so I felt like if people could get past whatever, you might actually enjoy it. Now, here's the, the other thing. I didn't realize what was going on. I had no idea. So, you know, as far as people saying, like, he was disrespecting you, why didn't you hang up, why didn't you? I didn't hear him say the comment asking for head so I had no idea that this man was even doing that and again he had been so loud in his background there had been people and stuff moving I had no idea until he was literally naked in the bathroom that any of this had taken place so in that that instant I didn't feel disrespected so me laughing me still keeping a conversation with him in my mind it was just Stevie is a little off right now and that's very clear but as far as the sexual nature of it until I watched it back editing it I was my mouth was on the floor I had no clue what was going on so to me, the only thing was him calling me a slut, which again, I checked it. So I didn't have an issue immediately after, you know, or in, in real time. And, you know, I've had calls, obviously, from a lot of people, including uh, the publicist who was there that, that day. And I said to the person, I said, listen, if in real time you felt like it was as bad as it looks, I will say nothing. If you being on the call as well felt as though, you know, I overreacted or, you know, it was as lewd as it felt in that moment, then I'll, I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. I won't say anything. And she was like, no. As soon as it hit the blogs and I saw the replay, I realized how horrible it was. It was one of those things where in real time, none of us really understood what was happening. We all knew it was bizarre, but not in the sexual nature that it was. So... 
you know, I just really wanted to clear that up because a lot of people have been questioning kind of my conduct and why I was laughing or joking with him or where I was. And to be honest, again, I feel like if that's how you want to come to your stuff, power to you. I got an interview to do. I done prepared these questions. I want to get to it. So, again, that's kind of where I was. And also, as far as the promotion of the Uncensored, I work under the company that, you know, put this together. So for me, I wanted to make sure that I was doing justice to what I was called to do, which was to be a professional and interview this man. So um, I wrote down some uh, some misconceptions that I, I saw online that I want to just kind of address each one. So I don't know where it came from that it was a FaceTime call. I don't do FaceTime interviews. Um you know, as far as him being in his bed, obviously it wasn't professional. But let me be very clear. When you work in media, you learn very quickly. You must adjust to the situation. I have interviewed rappers in their car, hanging out the window. I have done just about everything. And not to say that it's professional, but the reality is, is you get what you get and you work with what you work with. So it was not a FaceTime video. It was a Zoom. He decided to be in his bed, and that was on him. Also, I saw a report that said um, that they thought that this was possibly a scam. I want to clear that up, or or it was some type of hoax to promote his uncensored. I want to be very clear. Again, my the reason that I decided to continue to promote his uncensored at the end is due to my affiliation with my job. And that's just, just period, point blank. I wanted to make sure that this was an experience um, or the best of the experience that I could make it considering that I work for the company that was uh, putting together his piece. Um, I also, yeah, I saw a lot about me joking with him. They're saying I couldn't have felt so disrespected if, if I was joking with him. Again, I literally had no idea what was taking place until watching it back uh, again i was i was in a space and in my zone so that was not where i was coming from um also there's a narrative about me playing the victim and i'm not really quite sure how i play the victim um because the only the only thing that i've commented on thus far is the fact that i'm not sure how we conclude that it's my fault of what a man did in a scheduled interview this man is 50 years old 50 years old with six kids i did not force stevie j to come on this zoom call um, if anything, I said he could wait. He decided to jump on this call. And in the interview, after being asked to be record, he decided to do what he did. So I, I can't take responsibility for anything that this man did on that call except for doing my interview. Um, so, no, I'm not, I'm not playing the victim. I'm just here to clear up my side of the story. Um, let's see. Um, 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 um. Oh, and then the other thing that I, I wanted to say is a lot of people were like, why didn't you hang up? Why didn't you hang up? Why didn't you hang up? Um, what what y'all fail to realize is, is that I take my job super seriously. I take Leah's Lemonade and my brand super seriously. And it, it's kind of this rule in media that when you're doing an interview, you never let someone take your mic because it's your mic. It's kind of the same way. I never let my guests control what happens at the lemonade stand because it's what I've built and what I've cultivated. So Stevie J was not going to just run rampant and get to decide how I was going to control my own interview. Again, I felt like if that was the representation he wanted to bring to the public, that's on him. But as far as hanging up and, you know, again, even when he called me a slut, I checked it and we moved forward. Because again, 
I had to say this with the Matthew Knowles situation. I'm never going to try to change my guests' mind about their opinions, their thoughts, or how they feel. That's the point of the interview. I'm getting, I'm asking them to know that. So I'll never try to, you know, cater someone's answer. You know, now obviously I know I'm not a slut, but at the end of the day, I checked it and we moved forward. So I, I wanted to also bring that into play because I needed that to be very clear um, about this whole interview. Um, and so lastly, those are just kind of some things that I saw online that I wanted to address. But lastly, you know, this has been <laughs> a whirlwind experience for me and I have tried to navigate it. I've had to cut off my notifications. Um, and again, I don't think that is the going viral part that is, um, the sickening park, I think it's how disgusting people have been saying that I would enjoy a man being sexually disgusting to me. Um, it is not something that I advocate for. It is not something that I would have tolerated had I known. And it's not something that I ever want to be misconstrued about who I am as a journalist. Um, I said in a tweet, and a lot of people have been quoting me, but I went to one of the best journalism schools in the country. I take journalism seriously. I take my platform seriously. And I don't want people to ever think that I take any type of harassment or weird sexual behavior, um, not lightly, because that was disgusting. And I, after watching it back, um, I realized how disturbing it was. And I think had my, my composure probably would have been a lot different, but I, again, handled it the way I handled it because, um, you know, regardless of his of his behavior, I was there to do a job. And um, there's been a lot of conversation online about whether, um, it had been a white media outlet or whether it had been a man with this had taken place. And the reality is, is as women, we all know that we don't get the opportunities and the options to respond the same way as others do. And that may be, you know, as women or as black women or as black outlets. Um, we don't get the same treatment and the same type of grace that other outlets get. But even aside from that, um, the reality is, is I don't know if he would have done that with someone else. And I can't prove that, because I'm sure this is the first time something like this has ever happened, and I hope it never happens again, but the reality is is that, um, you know, I don't know if he would have done that differently, and I can't harp on that part, but I just do know that as a woman, um, there was a lot of different things going through my mind about how this goes. Obviously, for me, the, the, the bottom line was the slut being called out my name. I don't take that lightly, and I don't... Um, condone that I don't condone any of it but particularly that part so again I just think that this has been a learning lesson for me I think everything in life is 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 a blessing or a lesson or both and I think in this case it was a blessing obviously you guys have seen me um reposting that it has gone it has gone viral you know different outlets have covered it and I've posted a lot um of the clips because one you work your ass off to get this exposure, right? Like I am my own digital entertainment company, essentially. So, you know, it is really hard for me to get the same exposure and the same opportunities in the same press. So while, you know, obviously his behavior was negative, this only creates more opportunities for me in the future. And not that I did this or endured anything for an opportunity, but I also know that comes with it. So it's like, if I'm going to be in a sexually awkward position, I would like to benefit from it, minimally. I don't plan to press charges. I see a lot of people telling me I should sue him. That's not the route that I plan to go on this. That's not what I want to do. But I did want to come out and speak about it because, you know, it's it's been a learning lesson for me. Um, you know, 
just about how to handle myself. I'm very proud of myself. I think that every every time I'm faced with opposition and every time I'm faced with something that could break me, I, I persevere. So I couldn't be more proud of, of what I've produced and how I came out and how I prepared my questions and how I kept my composure. Um, even when, you know, there were moments that made me uncomfortable or even when there were moments that um, were disrespectful to me. I think that I handled it the way that I felt best in that moment because I control the lemonade stand. Nobody else does. Something else that I want to address because I think that people will see this and try to figure out, well, if you watched it back, you saw it was disrespectful, why did you still put it out? So this this is always my thought about promotion. You you hear the quote, it's said quite often, no press is bad press, right? Like even the negative things um, still get your name out there. And for me personally, I've always looked at it when it comes to viral moments because again, this isn't my first viral rodeo. No matter what people come to the video to see, the likelihood that thousands more people who probably we're not gonna watch the video, have watched the video and are gonna see. Because again, at the very end of the video, people were commenting about how I still promoted the uncensored. <laughs> so people watched until the very end to understand what this was all about. And throughout the entire thing, um, there was even a point in the interview where I said, Stevie, I am trying to tell people about your story. I need you to focus. So there was never a point where I strayed away from my mission, which was to be a storyteller. However, I also know what viral content looks like. And at the end of the day, I did my job. I asked the questions and I promoted his thing. If the blogs decide to pick up the scandalous part, I don't know what to tell you because I did my part. But guess what? I bet you thousands of people who had no idea that Stevie, Stevie J was going to have a uncensored know about it now after watching the interview. So I think that, you know, again, I'm not trying to cry woe is me now that there's negativity. I'm just saying that I don't understand how the narrative has now flipped to it's my fault. Again, I was unaware during the interview. So this is more so to tell you in that moment in real time where my head was at. But after that, I, yes, decided to push play, decided to put it on the internet and left it up for consumption. So there's no victim here. And that's why I want everybody to understand I'm not woo-hoo and boo-hoo and crying. I do feel like after watching it back, it was disrespectful. So I want to be clear, um, but I'm not sitting here emotional or sad about that. I think for me, it's, it's the disgusting comments like, you liked it, that's why you sat there. Oh, you were getting sexual pleasure out of this. Oh, you liked that he was flirting with you. Let me tell you something. There's there's not a goddamn thing that Stevie J could ever fucking say to me to make me enjoy that type of behavior from a man I didn't ask it from. Okay, I believe in consent. And that's what some of you are failing to realize. At the end of the day, where people are like getting flustered and there's a blurry line, it's about consent. I never consented to being a part of any type of bedroom behavior that Stevie J decided to do. And that's where it is really messing with me how people are turning this on me. Cause I didn't consent to that. Again, I put it on the internet. Y'all look at y'all's boy. Y'all see how he moved? And that's what it was, and it went viral. And again, it has given my personal brand press. And yes, I do feel like after being disrespected like that, I'm gonna be honest with you too, you know what? After I watched the video back, and he called me a slut, for me, all, all questions was off the table about saving his public image, I'm gonna be real. Um, because you talked out the side of your neck. So now let the world see what kind of slut I am. If you thought I was a slut before, let me show you one. Because after you disrespect me, I have no cards on the table as far as how people see how you really are. So that's 
that's kind of where I came with that. And so everybody wished and everybody got something they want to say about how they would handle it, but you don't know until you're in the situation. So ultimately, it's just been a learning lesson about, you know, staying ready so you don't got to get ready. And ultimately, you know, things will always come and you just got to be on ready so they don't. So again, I'm not here to preach a sermon. I'm not here to talk to you forever. But this, these were just the things that I, I think that people needed to understand. There was a time constraint. I was in a zone. Um, I was unaware and um, I didn't sit here to do this for publicity or anything like that but I will um, accept and I, I do want to shout out all of the people who have been so supportive I've seen so many DMs um, shout out to the Breakfast Club you guys supported me I thank you so much for that um, you know there's just been an outpouring of love and support for me so I don't want to just you know go on a tangent about negativity because there have been people who have supported me who have checked in on me who have offered to do PR for me who have offered to do just a bunch of stuff in order to you know support me in this space so I just thank you guys so much and again Again, you know, thank you to everyone who already listens to this podcast because, again, um, you know, y'all the A1 day ones. And if anybody's listening to this podcast right now and you're new or you're just here for this response, I hope that you stay because it's fun. Um, I says Candace is fun. And, you know, this podcast shows her in another light if you're familiar with her. So I just hope that you guys can come here and find home and find something that you relate with. But ultimately, it was important for me to address this immediately because obviously the longer I waited to respond, the more speculation about my character was in question and baby we couldn't have that so again thank you everybody uh make sure you listen to season two and season one of so that's what we're doing again i'm leah henry and uh as i always say at the lemonade stand grab a cup throw it back and uh, sip on all of that